Hi, everyone. Welcome to Data Strategy for Early Stage Startups. I'm John McTavish, your host for today, and I'm excited to have Michael Lapidus, our business analyst and uh, startup analyst for the Parallel Accelerator with us today. And also our second guest is Rosie Bremitz. She is a data strategist and also an advisor to the Paralect Accelerator. Welcome. Thanks for coming on the show to talk about data strategy, guys. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Thank you very much. All right. And if anyone's out there watching, please let us know in the comments where you're tuned in from, what you're excited about, and let us know if you have any questions throughout the show. In terms of a plan, we are going to go through the data strategy following the same roadmap that startups usually follow in the early stages and that startups in our accelerator follow. So that will be the first stage of pre-MVP data. Second stage is design and discovery. Third stage is build, building the product and going to market planning. The fourth is launching the product and working towards product market fit. I see a few comments. So we are live on YouTube at least. Awesome. Somebody from LinkedIn, shout out and let us know that you're actually seeing us there, please. That would be fantastic. This is my first live event, so I'm sorry if we have any problems. Michael, could you uh, just let us know a little bit about the accelerator real quick and the process that you guys are going through to find uh, two great founders to join us this year. Sure thing. So we are currently on the batch two. We are up and on in uh, the accelerator this year from March 15, and we are accepting applications till May 15. So, um, yeah, the process is actively running. We are received a bunch of responses. We are evaluating applications every week and there are plenty of them. We are really trying so hard. A lot of very exciting companies and startups or really want to um, collaborate with us and work with us. So it's pretty exciting and I would like to uh, use this opportunity to promote the accelerator and to ask if you have uh, uh, an idea or a roadmap for the next six months and you are really excited and uh, um, really a really good founder uh, and you think you are so you are welcome to our accelerator yeah we will try to help you to build your product fantastic and rosie just real quick can you give us an overview of uh what you do with Focus to Scale and how that's uh, serving founders. Right, um, I, put, I, I put together a framework after going through the information overload dilemma myself um, when working for a startup. Um, and I literally put together a four-step program, uh, a four-step framework. Um, and I, the framework is available online that, you know, with all the, with all the templates, um, for tracking plans, um, anything you need in, in regards to, to, to implementing it. And I also coach companies um, in, in, how, in, in, in like I hold their hand and, and actually implement it. So I've got, I've got uh, coaching programs, one-to-one -one coaching programs, and also some that include the, the framework in it. And I also have a, uh, a special program for female founders 
it's called uh, uh, Founders 360, um, and and I and I I especially I especially help um, the female founders um, in that area. I'll, awesome. I'll I'll build a new data strategy for their startup. Awesome. All right. Well, let's dive into uh, pre MVP data then. And the first question is for Rosie. Uh, what should founders understand about their data strategy before they start to design or build the product? Maybe they only have an idea. Where do they start with data? Um, well, we, we need to make, eventually you're gonna need to make data-driven decisions. Um, and, and to do that, you need your information to be accurate, to be consistent. And most of all, you need it to be organized in relation that it organized in a way that it relates to your customer and their behavior to your product or service, right? So, and the main reason startups fail is because they 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 fail to reach more product market fit. Um, they run out of cash, and their cost their their cap their cost their, their customer acquisition costs are too high. So this is why I think it's so crucial to start with a strategy. So understand the flow of your customer journey and build your data around it. And instead of doing it the other way, which, which a lot of startups do, is they just collect a bunch of data or they, 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 they put this aside, they go, yeah, one day I'll deal with it. Right now, I just wanna build the product. Um, and then they end, up, they end up having their data not aligned with their customer and they, don't, they, they can't make sense of it, they can't understand it. Um, so I, I, I think that it should, the, the found these foundations that I that that I, I kind of I use are are like really crucial to to setting up the right framework to set, setting up the right mindset um, to build your to build a product that your customers want and not a product that you have to convince your customers to want. After. Fantastic. All right, uh, Michael. If you don't have anything to add, we can dive right into your question. Uh, yeah, let's go forward. All right. So question number two about pre-MVP data. We have in accelerators like ours who welcome idea stage startups, what kind of data do we want to see from founders? If you get an application, they have some sort of pitch deck maybe uh, or some other form of data presentation. What do we like to see? Yeah, so um, I, I should mention here that uh, our accelerator is uh, devoted and aiming more on uh, startups who have a validated idea or no code MVP. So it is a really early stage startups who uh, doesn't have like a working business or doesn't have a product yet. So we are not, I don't think that we are like focusing more on some sort of data because obviously they didn't have any data right now. They only have its founder, its idea, and maybe the team and uh, not the product team, but you know, the founder, CEO, and maybe some marketing experts and so far. So at, uh, at this moment, we are focusing obviously on the founder's background on the team background, like whether the founder had the previous exits, whether he had a proper education or his previous experience. Uh, and what we have noticed right now is that uh, it is really important for startups to 
um, address a really clear message. Like we have seen a lot of pitch decks, which were just, you know, uh, some sort of um, a number of some marketing slogans and cliches. And it was really hard to understand what the company is doing and what their products are. So we are focusing more on the pitch deck. It should be clear. We're focusing on uh, founders, their background. And um, sometimes actually we receive uh, applications for startups who are like, who already have MVP, but it is not 100% ready. Like they have some uh, really, really general uh, data, like number of customers or number of um, downloads of the application, but it is really raw. And uh, this is kind of data that doesn't actually says a lot. So yeah, I think um, these are the things we are like focusing most. Awesome, thank you. And we'll get into later um, which which data we want to focus on more and which is inconsequential. All right, third question is open to both or either of you. So what tips do you have for founders to understand and segment their target market? And how do we use that data to validate the assumptions they have about their either their problem or the solution that they want to build? Who wants to take it first? I'd like to just to add something on to what Michael said from the previous question, if that's okay. Yeah, sure. Um, so one misconception that I see is when, so it, at pre-MVP, sometimes data is not there yet, right? As Michael said, and they were not looking, um, they were not looking for, for companies that necessarily had data. Um, but a data strategy, for example, the first thing you, the first thing I, I do with them is 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 a positioning statement. Who are who are you building the product for? What does it do? Why is it different? We align their vision and mission, and then we we look at the customer journey, not from a data perspective, but literally as okay, how is the customer gonna? How, how does the customer flow um, through your through your the stages of your product? And we we and that's when. So you don't need the data first, but you need to understand how the customer is going to interact with your product, even at pre-MVP stage, which could change, which should should actually change and evolve as as the, the the product gets more mature. But there is a misconception as to say, oh, we don't have enough, we don't have data yet, so we don't need a strategy, and and a strategy is literally is literally um, a, a plan. You're creating a plan. This is how this is who I'm this is who my product is, is for. This is what why I'm creating it, my mission. This is how I'm gonna get to my 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 vision is how am I gonna get there. And this is how my customer is going to interact with my with my product. So those are the, the first three, four things that, that a data strategy um, because if you don't know that, then you're not gonna know what data you need to collect. Yeah. So it's really important that those fundamental. Um, so I think as an accelerator, you 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 need to have your your potentials potential uh, cohort um, have these kind of things lined out because if they don't if they if they don't have these things clear, then they're going to struggle they're going to struggle um, to create their product um, to create a product basically that customers want. 
So that's just, I just wanted to put that out there. Um, and the tips for the tips for founders to understand, uh, I think that you, you start off, you start off with a hypothesis as to who you think your target market is. Um, and then you validate, you're supposed to validate um, those assumptions by, by understanding who is using your product and how they're using it, right? And so you would do that by mapping out their journey um, and, and, uh, and the criteria, and what is the criteria for an ideal segment and, and see who is using that. When you see who is using that, you can then take that, that group of people and then go out, go, give that to marketing, and, and they can go out and get get more lookalike audiences like that. So I think setting up setting up your your um, your structure the way the way your team works in a way that is constantly validating who your target market is, constantly looking at how your how your users are using your product and interacting with it. I think that is um, a very um, key key uh, key thing to to do. Um, in order to to obtain, to always always optimize and find that target marketing that everybody's so is so much searching for. Awesome! Thank you so much. All right, uh, from the audience, do you have any questions about this pre MVP data section? Anything that Rosie or Michael has given us so far? If not, we will move on to product design and discovery phase, and hopefully, Michael will join us again very soon. All right, here's a question for Rosie. Uh, and it's about your last workshop, which I do recommend that everybody go back and watch the workshop that Rosie gave along with us on the Parallect YouTube channel. Uh, it was about time to value and why it's a very important metric for products and startups to measure and optimize. Uh, Michael's back. Fantastic. Welcome back, Michael. Nice to see you. Nice to see you again. All right, we've jumped ahead a little bit to design and discovery, but we will come back to your question in a second. Uh, just to quickly, Rosie, about time to value at the design stage. So we're thinking that um, the business analysts and the designers are working together with the founder to design their solution. They're, they're making mock-ups. They're designing prototypes, uh, what data should they get a hold of in order to sort of inform that process, make it better uh, from day one of design? Well, the, the TTV is, is, is the time for when um, the user uh, finds your product and the, the time where he goes, wow, I get it, like he sees the value. Um, and so in order for the design, you need to, you, and you need to, to, you're right, you need to, um, prepare for this data-wise, otherwise you won't be able to, to calculate it accurately and monitor it. And you're always needing to, to, to reduce that time, the, the, the TTP time. So what you need to do is number one, map out the journey, map out the user journey. Um, you identify what events take place between, between each, each, each journey segment. So it's usually between one behavioral segment and another. You create the behavioral segment, which is the journey segment plus the active events. Then the time and date stamp of each, you need to take, you need to, you need to capture the time and date stamp of each stage of the journey. When you know when the user hits the active trial stage and when the user hits the active paying stage of the journey, for example, if it's a paying app, um, the difference between the two is your TTB. 
And so the, the team would also would need to, to, to also always um, look to reduce the TTV. So, so to answer your question in a nutshell, um, you need to map out behavioral segments um, because the difference between two behavioral segments is your TTV. And you need to make sure that you time and date stamp um, when each when when the user goes in from goes into go, enters one stage and, and and enters the other. All right, all right, and I guess a follow-up question to that: it, Is it possible to test this at like a design prototype stage with uh, user testing, or does that only come into play later when the product is actually live? Well, you can at least map out what it is that what what are the stages, what are the events, what are the actions that take place between one stage and another. Because when you map out behavioral segments the first time, it doesn't. There, as I said before, there doesn't need to be data, but you need to have an an idea of what it's going to be. So, what happens if, from a trial from from the from the trial the time the user registers to the time um he's going to pay for the for the subscription or for the SaaS model or whatever it is what what event what does he have to do does he feel have to fill in a form does he have to does he have to click where does he have to click and can we reduce those steps so the, the idea is if there is three four steps until it gets to the to the ideal stage um can we reduce them so so it, it's a good exercise to do um so that you can start to see how how many steps there are between one one stage and another and to, and to try to, to to reduce that at least at least that will give you night if you don't have actual data um at least you'll have a plan to say okay at the big at right now they have to go through these five steps but we already know that as soon as we go live we're gonna we're working on reducing that fourth step and getting them straight in yeah all right thanks yeah that makes it clear um Michael, I will go back to one of your questions that we skipped ahead. All right, so we're talking about the design and discovery phase, and now the product team has more people. It's no longer just the founder. Um, it's got you know a BA, a PDM, uh, a designer. Uh, who who owns the sort of data strategy at this point. Um, and, and in particular, I, I want to make it clear like um, whose responsibility it is to, to, to gather the data, uh, figure out which data to gather, and, and present it to the other people on the team. Yeah, uh, really great question. Uh, everything that concerns the data and, of course, gathering requirements uh, from the data uh, I think it's mostly um, product manager or BA's responsibility, but for example, there are procedures when a designer and product manager could work together. For instance, in the discovery phase, um, we have a, a process which is called usability testing. It is when we are interviewing um, uh, the potential users of uh, our product when we, for example, have developed an MVP or um, a clickable prototype, we are really interested in the feedback from the users and from potential users. And we are doing it in multiple ways. It could be interviews or focus groups. Uh, when we are gathering their feedback, they're telling us what is 
developed really well and what should be developed better or in some other way. And it is really valuable information and data for the further development. And sometimes even founders uh, can provide us with the responders or with the end users. It is also there, like they're very interested in a really clear feedbacks from you, from people who will actually use the application or product. So yeah, uh, mostly this is our product managers like stuff, I think. All right, fantastic. My experience, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we had a few questions come in the chat. So uh, the first one at least relates to our earlier topic. So let's get at that now. Um, Alexandra wrote, uh, sometimes products are not able to think of a proper data strategy and start gathering that data too late. Uh, what would you advise in such cases to minimize the negative effects? So. Perhaps, Rosie, you spoke a bit about this on your last uh, presentation where you came into the startup and all the different teams were gathering different data and nobody was really talking to each other. Uh, so where do, you, where do you start when you, when you start too late? Oh, gosh. Um, I would start with, first of all, the earlier the better, but it's never, it's never too late to start. So it's never, it's, the earlier the better. So, and, and, uh, Following the previous question, the data, the setting up of the data strategy is a team effort, and the founders do need to be involved very, very, very strongly, um, because it it, it aligns it aligns the whole mission, vision, why you're creating this, um, and 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 when you and it sets your north star, which we'll talk about I think a little bit later. It sets your main KPIs, and it's all around your user and your and and how it's used your product, how how he's he or she's using your product. Um, so it has to be like a, a, an executive level, like it has to be the founders and, and, and as much of the team as possible. It has to be like a workshop and it doesn't happen in two hours, right? I say the minimum, I, the minimum it takes for me to, to create a data strategy with a, with a startup is about 10 hours. Um, and that's, and the more of the team that's in, involved is the better, is better. So when, when there is data already, um, we, I, I, I would, I use the same, the same method. Um, it just takes a little bit longer because usually there's a little bit more opinions, um, and there's a little bit, there's a, there's a lot, there's a lot of already set up dashboards, and there's people already set in their ways. But the method is the same: map out journey. You, you know, you set up your positioning, mission, vision, journey segments, behavioral segments, core events. Um, KPIs, North Star, like it, the, the, the method is literally the same. It just, I find that when there's bigger companies or there is more mature companies in the sense that there's data established already, it just takes a little bit longer to adopt because, you know, people like, the people don't like to change things, right? right? So it just, it's just a little bit harder, but it's the same exact method um, and, and it, it works every time. All right, and another question we had come in, this was about um, user segmentation or market segmentation from Elena. She asks, sometimes founders are afraid to skip a valuable part of potential users when focusing on 
a particular segment, so a particular target audience, I assume she means there. How can we be as specific as possible at an early stage? You know, the common advice is to niche down as much as possible, but also try and cover all the target audience segments that can be considered. Um, Michael, do you want to cover this one? You just wrote about uh, segments and, and market research on our blog. Yeah, I, I was about to dive in. Uh, yes, sure. you, we have recently published a research which uh, concerned the market research and its methods. So the very, uh, like, I think the most valuable advice here would be to do a proper market research to understand the target audience and to avoid this problem when you are uh, targeting not all of the audience and some of the parts could be cancelled. So, yeah, it is very important to do the proper market research, especially which uh, what is related to your end users and your audience. Um, it is very crucial, especially for early stage startups and companies who are only about to develop their go-to-market strategy. So, yeah, be sure to do the proper market research. And if you are interested how to do it, uh, we have, a, we have a, our a very own article about that. Uh, I think uh, you can find it on our LinkedIn. It's been pretty recent. Yeah. Um, also, we have... No yeah, yeah, just one more thing, slide yeah. thing that uh, we we have also noted that sometimes founders are so so like uh, so um, convinced in their ideas and that uh, they are developing uh, the product for the specific uh, audience, but uh, we have noticed sometimes on our projects we have to convince them to also broaden their like borders and to spread their idea on other audiences because sometimes founders are you know like have tunnel vision and, and it's sometimes hard to pursue them to go in some other way so yeah it's really good for sure R rosie do you have something that awesome Usually market research will give you a hypothesis. So it'll tell you, okay, these people are most likely to use your product. This is, this is, and, and, and a lot of founders will say, will, will be adamant and say, I'm developing for this segment or this part, this, this, these people. What then happens is that if you, if you, so you go in with a hypothesis, but then when you, when you, when you create behavioral segments and you, you monitor who is actually using your product, that's when you'll see if your if your market research actually is is correct because we had the same uh, the same uh, kind of scenario in in when I worked with a, a company called OneTap by Receipt Bank it's now called Dext and we thought that the uh, we thought that we were creating the the, the app was for the, the, our most our target segment according to the market research was Uber drivers and we thought yeah it's Uber drivers and it and it actually showed in the downloads that the uber drivers were the ones that were were the ones that were mostly downloading it so they were so if you would stop there you would say right so we're, we're creating we're creating the app for we, the market research told us that the the app is created for uber drivers look how many downloads we have from uber, uber drivers and and, and registrations because they they fill in their profile so we knew that they were uber drivers 
But then when we when we did this exercise that I that I'm talking about and created behavioral segments and created and, and we saw the visuals, the actual people that were using the, the product that were like they were our active users were actually entertainers. So we had a lot of downloads. Market research told us Uber drivers download. If we looked at the download um, data stats, Uber drivers were the were the key were our key market. But then they 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 phased out. They they didn't continue to use it. So our our active our most active segment was was entertainers. So if we were to go to market, so if we were if we were to stop at the first part, we would we would go to market in America, for example, or in another country. Um, and we would just go for Uber drivers, right? Um, that that would be throwing money down the drain. That would be a leaky bucket, right? Um, and so by by combining market research, um, uh, the, the the website data, the the initial like the number of downloads metrics with the product usage metrics, that gave us a clear understanding that it was who actually was using our product and who's actually was championing our product and it wasn't it didn't match the the market research so i think this is something that founders and 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 uh, teams startups need to keep in mind that that will give you a hypothesis it doesn't necessarily mean that that those are your your power users your champion users awesome yeah, that makes a lot of sense, and, and thanks for adding. And it co it connects very well to the third question that we had here from Michael, which is also about um, market research data. So, if you want to add just a little bit, Michael, um, what what data do we use to prioritize features and get reach a consensus on the minimum viable product so that we don't build for too long, that we put out uh, a great product that is concise and met, meant to, to fit a specific need. Yeah, uh, yeah. what Rosie said is 100% uh, true. Everything this comes from the experience and from the continuous exploring, uh, testing hypothesis. And this is what the product managers do. They are formulating uh, ideas uh, and theories from uh, a great bunch of data sources uh, I think we will talk about this later later on today, but uh, I would like to slightly mention here that um, product managers are collecting data from uh, different resources such as uh, support from the dev team, from employees, and so on and so on. Then he create the hypothesis, then this hypothesis should be prioritized, and then it should be tested with the team. And concerning uh, the MVP, uh, what we are doing, we are also trying to formulate the score, uh, which features should be developed and which should be skipped in this very first sprint. And um, if you are a new to software uh, development, maybe some of the our audiences, MVP is a minimal viable product. This is product which is necessary for um, founder to present his very own vision of a product to investors or just to test his ideas on what should work in this market or not with uh, potential users, with the users. So um, when we are coming to the functionality, very, uh, very first data came from the founder. He 
is telling us what uh, he wants to see in a minimal viable product and what he thinks should be there and what should like have a demand on the market. It could be based on his very own research or from his experience. Maybe we are like dealing with a serial entrepreneur who have uh, built several products before, but also mm, sometimes we are trying to use a different methods for prioritizing um, uh, functionality in MVP. Um, so there are different techniques. Uh, most the, the one of the most popular techniques used is uh, to categorize features is user story mapping. It is once also once of one of the most efficient one because it involves all of the product stakeholders. Um, to define the highest and the lowest priority features, we try to envision how supposed users will be navigating the app, how they will use it, and so on. Um, I can't really relate to any um, market metrics uh, what we are gathered on this stage because most of the time um, there is like, as I mentioned, there are techniques, there are uh, things when we are picking, uh, for example, um, we are uh, defining uh, a user goals, for example, booking a hotel in a tourist app. This action is uh, then split into sub-steps, picking the right hotel, submitting user details, requesting transfer, and so on and so forth. And each of these steps is then written down as a user story. As a user, and then there is user type, I want to do that and that. And after this done, the team maps user stories according to their goals and their significance. This method uh, helps to identify which product features are best to be included in the MVP and which into the next product product phase, product release. There are a bunch of other metrics and techniques. I think uh, we will also mention them later today, but in general, the process looks like I have just described that in like in parallel. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Thank you. Rosie, did you have anything to add any more about market research data? I combine it with product usage data um, and and create six KPIs and, and I okay. would prioritize features on that. Okay. All right. Then we will move on to the last question. Um, we've mentioned already a couple of times different data dashboards. So Remember, we haven't launched the MVP yet at this point. We're still in the design and discovery phase. Um, what does the dashboard look like? What, are we, what metrics are there? And what should be added to it as we sort of finalize the feature set for the MVP? Should I start? Either of you. Yeah, sure. Go for it. Um, well, I think that the, in, when I set these things up, I, 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 the dashboard should visualize each behavioral segment, how much they've increased, uh, like how many, how many, what's the percentage increase or decrease in, in a given time. And in that given time, I, I, I'd want to know what, what we've done as in, as in um, growth experiments, as in, as in feature, new features. Um, and I would also, uh, I would also show um, I would also have a visual of the TTV if, if it's if it's increasing or decreasing. All right, Michael, do you have anything to add? 
Um, I, I, I can definitely relate to that. Um, when we are when we are gathering requirements, especially feature requirements, when they are formed, we are trying to combine everything we said earlier today in order to develop what is most important first and to delay what it, what can be skipped and what could be like developed later because uh, for example um, there is a matrix which is called Moscow this model is also frequently used for prioritizing features for an MVP and Moscow stands for M uh, what must-haves as should-haves C could haves and W is not this time. Yeah, so it is really like uh, really frequently used uh, used metrics because it is quite understandable what we should do now and what we should do later. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. We have one question come in during that section, and that was from Fiong Nam Mai Li. I hope I didn't mispronounce your name too bad. Uh, they asked for the super early stage startup with a finished product uh, less than one year after launch. They want to, um, to, to reach a bigger market. Uh, they asked what info or data should I dig into? So an established product, I assume, that wants to grow bigger. What data should they be tracking? Anybody want to give some high-level advice there? Uh, well, I would, I would personally track. Um, I would understand what it is, uh, what it is that defines their their most their champion user or power user, whatever it is. So how they they would have a segment of how many of of these of these kind of people, and then by knowing who your power user is, um, you then know that you can then find out you can find more more people like them so in, in, in it's important to to organize in a way that you under you know like in our case for example that i mentioned before we found out that it was the entertainers who were championing our product so if i want to um, increase my customer base i wouldn't go after the uber drivers i would go after entertainers in another country or another and you know so it's really important to understand who it is that's championing your product in the sense of who is using it and um, and who's finding value. Because if they're using it frequently and, and the way it should be used, that means that they're finding value. And it's those kind of people you want um, and you need. So those are the people that you need to look for. I cannot hear that. Uh, it is also very important to understand, especially if you're an early stage startup, like uh, which people are having the problem and uh, like which problem your solution is trying to solve and try to find as many people as can relate to the problem and to the, I don't know, some specific lack of uh, the product and try to dig there more, like uh, which people could potentially use the solution you're trying to build. Awesome. All right, let's move on to building the MVP and go to market. First question for Rosie. Uh, at this point, is it time to start estimating these life cycle segments that you talked about? And uh, what's the process for setting events and timeframes for, for tracking user behavior? 
So yeah, I think it, it it is it is the time. It's paramount that you start thinking about this by mapping out segments. You start to create a, a tracking plan that aligns with the segments, um, and you you start focusing the team on activating those segments, right? Um, even if there is no data or or not enough data, um, with this you're setting the right foundations for the team to focus on traction, to focus on retention retention um, and because you, you're understanding what features are being used and which are not and so it it, it saves so much time and effort um, and you stop building you know building features because they're sexy or because people somebody really likes them as in the design team or the development team but you're nobody nobody really uses them um, from your customer base so it really say it, it, it's it's to me it's paramount it's not it's not oh maybe I should or maybe or maybe maybe later. It's so so um, key to to set the right foundations in the mindset of, of your team to focus on to focus on your customer. And and if you don't have the data organized in a way to support that, they're gonna you're, you're, they're gonna start looking at other metrics, other data that that's not relevant. So yeah, long story short. I think it's really, really important that you start tracking behavior. Right on. All right. Michael, at this point, assuming that the, that the team has comprehensive market research, a validated product problem, how do we set realistic targets for go to market? And this is a pretty wide question. So would, whatever you want to focus on for that, let us know. Uh, sure. I, sure. I remember um, a lot of uh, cases with uh, early stage startups and when they were struggling for go to market and set goals. And I also seen uh, there were a question in our chat about a pretty uh, associated topic with that. So sometimes when uh, um, early stage startups are going to investors uh, it is sessions where investors are, are given advices and uh, they're giving you like the way where you should go in order to earn money and um, earn investments from this particular venture fund so sometimes investors are setting the goals for the startup because uh, venture funds they are not generalists they're like sharks in their sphere and particularly in some segments of the market there are funds which are focused mainly for some uh, certain segment of the market and they know which data which like um which numbers are especially important in this specific segment so sometimes startups are receiving this feedback from their potential investors or even angels who is telling them that, you know, you should go with this particular things in this market. Um, I, I can't give you like the exact examples uh, because most of the info which I deal, deal with was like on an NDA, but uh, a general idea here is that sometimes startups can search for the advice from the investors, from the potential investors or angels who can like guide them like where should, they should go. Yeah, so uh, this it is what it is. Yeah. Right. 
It sounds like that can also be a double-edged sword as well. Um, but Rosie, do you have anything to add? Okay. All right, any questions from the audience about the MVP or go to market or move on to launch? We have just about 15 minutes left. Looks like the timing should be just about perfect. All right, so first up for reaching product market fit after launch, how do you set a North Star metric for a new product, I guess before the launch? Um, and how quickly can you start making realistic goals around it? And this ties back to our last question a little bit. Well, the, the North Star, it should, it should start at the very beginning of, the, uh, of developing the product. So where do you want it to go? It doesn't, it's, it should be the core of everything. It's, it's where the focus is, um, the, the, all the, the teams, the individuals' KPIs and all activities should point to the North Star. So whatever anybody's doing, it should somehow relate or contribute to the North Star. It consolidates all the work you're doing, the values you're delivering across acquisition, engagement, conversion, and retention. So for example, if you're a hotel booking app, this metric, the North Star metric is nights booked. Um, while for a messaging app, it would be the messages sent, for example. Or it could be a behavioral segment, so the, the, the number of active, uh, active paying users. Um, so the, what, the, what you need to understand here is it's, it is the main point of your product and why people are using it. Um, from this, from the North Star, you're able to lead the team to a common goal, reverse engineer your product flow to optimize and develop your tracking and analytics. Um, you set, so in, in my, in how I, how I would, how I set it when I work with my, with my clients is, is that we, we set the, uh, the, we identify, we identify the criteria in the form of a collection of events for a specific behavioral segment. And that behavioral segment is the segment that you want more of. So I mentioned before a couple of times throughout this podcast is that you want more power users. You want more champion, the, the users that are championing. So what is it that they do before? What is it that they do during? And, and you capture that kind of ideal scenario. And, and, and to me, you, you, and, and from that, you create, a, you create a segment out of that. And, you, and your North Star is to um, increase more of, that, of those people, increase. So if it was um, um, number, uh, increase the number. So a North Star could be, for example, if it's a paying app, um, you don't want just to increase the number of paying users. You want to increase the number of active paying users because you know that activity will bring retention. Um, lack of activity will bring churn, right? So you have to you have to focus on activating your paying users, um, and by creating a behavioral segment as to what that means, what is what is an active paying user, what what it is. Um, then you're able to constantly to, to focus the team on that to constantly increase that number. Awesome. And Michael, do you have anything to add there? Yeah, I just wanted to say that um, when we are developing products, uh, talking with the founders, uh, we most of the time creating a special sort of a document, which is called vision and scope. And in this document, there is a section which is devoted to success criteria from developing this product and in these success criteria they could be most of the time it is a qualitative numbers like it, as rosie 
100% right mentioned, uh, it most of the time things that are related to the business, like increased sales, increased number of paid customers and so on. But sometimes, uh, especially in my very recent project, it is could be a qualitative uh, criteria. For example, we have developed a very first design of our new system. It is a, also a booking system. Uh, but our customers said, you know, this looks pretty much like our website. And my goal is to create something really new, something which won't be associated with our previous business. They have a, like a working business, like a very traditional one, but they now are creating an application and something who has never been done before in this industry. And they said that except increasing a number of bookings, we want to create a really new product in terms of user experience, in terms of the design and in general. So his North Star is a new product and a number of like increased number of bookings. And it is success criteria is very important because it gives our team a vision what our uh, customer want to achieve. And it, it, I, I like how you put it like a North Star metric. It is very fancy. And I think I will use it in my work, like when interviewing clients, like what is your North Star for a new product launch? It is awesome. Sure, sure. Yeah. Well, it, it's not mine. Uh, <laughs> definitely not my term. But uh, all right. Next question. And this is also for Michael. Uh, what strategy or data informs new features after the MVP is launched? And also, who's in charge of collecting it and sharing it with the team? Yeah, uh, I think we uh, covered like most of this uh, today. So I won't like stop uh, for a, a lot here. So product manager is responsible for collecting data uh, for the new features. Uh, there are uh, several sources of uh, collecting data for the product manager. It is uh, support, uh, development team, uh, employees, and uh, yeah, uh, and this uh, pretty, pretty much it. There is uh, a lot of tools uh, which help to gather this data. Uh, for example, uh, there is a um, product which is called uh, Product Dashboard. Uh, it is allows to collect all of this valuable info uh, from uh, from the company and help to really prioritize what should be developed. And there is like um, several uh, prioritization frameworks. Um, one of them is called RICE. Uh, this is like an uh, acronym. It, it stands for reach, impact, uh, confidence, and effort. Uh, so, yeah, uh, it is uh, like a very broadly using framework which allows to determine uh, which ideas or which hypothesis should be like developed first. And yeah, we are also using it in product here. Awesome. Thanks. Uh, Rosie, did you have anything to add on that? Well, to me, when it said... When I see a question like "What strategy or data informs new features?" to me, it's 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 simple. What what's which features are activating users? Which features are causing users to churn? Very simple. And who's collecting it and sharing it? Well, I don't think I think 
the way I the way I work is that it's all set up. So you it's it's a it's a team effort. As in, we set it up. Um, it's it's on a dashboard. It's it's on a visual. Everybody and the, the most important thing is that everybody everybody understands it the same way, because it's because it's wrapped around a user. You don't have marketing having their own dashboards, development having their own, um, and and sales having their own. They they can like as a as a as a lower as a as a sub level. But there should be a level of of KPIs that are user user um, journey driven and user journey based that everybody interprets the same way, and everybody can relate what they're doing to them. So is it, it, is what I'm doing has it activated users um, this month or has it not? Um, so who's collecting it and sharing it? It should be set up with a in a in a in a in a in a in a way that the whole team understands it um and 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 then it's the product manager who um looks at it and interprets it and actually makes the changes um so yeah i i i i find it i find it um hard to um i i've i've seen companies struggle because there's instead of setting it up, it's it's quite it's, it could be painful, especially when there's a lot of data and a lot of people. But if you don't do it, if you don't do it um, and set it up properly with in the in the beginning or whenever you can, you you keep having these questions: who's collecting it? Where are we getting that from? Um, and then everybody interprets it differently, um, and you know it becomes it becomes messy. So. I, my, my, my advice is to set up the right foundations. A data strategy should be a foundational thing to do. And if you haven't done it yet, you need to do it now. For sure. All right. Next up, we have what's live with real users? I guess what metrics will early stage funds or investors be looking for? Michael, you already touched on this a little bit. It depends on the segment and what that investor is, is interested in. But do we have anything more to add? Well, I think investors are, are, are in, interested in traction, right? Um, so um, the, the the metrics I'm, I've, I've been talking about for the past uh, this past podcast has all it all revolves around user user uh, how it's using your product. So it's 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 their traction metrics, retention metrics. Um, I think I think um, investors are, are 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 quite interested in that. Or at least that you know you have a plan, a setup plan of how you're gonna how you're gonna manage that and how you're gonna monitor that. So if you don't have data, at least you have a right you have you have a sound plan to do that. All right, Michael, anything to add? Yeah, I totally agree with that. So if we are talking uh, about the company who is currently running some sort of a product which is after launch and which is like generating some sort of uh, users, definitely traction things are extremely important. Like Rosie's mentioned, like a retention rate, churn rate, daily active users and daily monthly users, revenue per user, everything which is related to the usage of, uh, uh, of our product. And uh, if we are talking about, especially uh, companies who have um, launched their product pretty recently, uh these early metrics these early metrics are crucially important uh in order to like uh for the next releases for the further development of a product yeah awesome thanks a lot 
All right, we have reached the end, but I do have one quick question before we wrap up. And that's related to sort of the, the future of data strategy. Um, just from a marketing perspective, it seems like it, the quality or the quantity of, of data that we're actually collecting in products is, is going down maybe. It's harder to um, collect due to things like Apple's policies on, on user tracking. I've heard some marketers say that uh, Facebook's ads targeting just doesn't work as well as it used to or it's not as specific or performant uh, as it used to be. Is it getting harder to collect data and where do you think it's going in the future? I can start. Um, sure. Well, I think I think you need to, yes, that it's very true. It's, it's getting harder to, um, because of GDPR and all these um, data protection um, policies that are around. So I think that it, it's even more um, paramount to make sure that you create a customer acquisition engine within the product, which is basically, um, uh, understanding who's using it and, and getting in and, and getting more referrals, putting in different referral uh, referral um, growth strategies, um, and really understanding how how customers are using it instead of relying on constantly um, bringing people in from the top of the funnel. Um, so yeah, that that's my take on it. I think it's more and more um, clear that you have to focus on on. On a lot on who you have, who you've who, who you've brought in, who brought into your 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 product, and nurture them and make sure that um, they shout it out from the rooftops, basically. Awesome, Michael. Anything to add? Yeah. So, data is everything in today's world. Uh, all of the decisions, all of the um, crucial things that are going with our product, they should be related to the data and information we are like receiving from the market and everything we said today i think is really important for an early stage startups and for everyone who is developing products so yeah it's just my conclusion and resume of today's podcast awesome well thank you so much we are right on the hour so i will wrap it up uh listeners out there if you are interested in Learning more about what Rosie does, go to focus2scale.com. Follow her on LinkedIn. She's got an ebook there that I read through earlier. It's very insightful. It gives a good window into her approach to data strategy. Thank you so much, Rosie. Thank you. And Michael, of course, thank you for joining us for the show, giving your perspective as a previous venture analyst and current startup analyst, business analyst with the Parallect Accelerator. Founders out there, if you're interested in chatting with Michael in the future or checking out the Parallect Accelerator, go to accelerator.parallect.com. And also Rosie will be an advisor to the two founders who join. So we look forward to working with you both more in the future. Thanks so much, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye.